Today's episode is brought to you by Wild, natural deodorant, body wash and shampoo bars. Wild uses clean and natural ingredients in all of their beautiful products, meaning they're good for your body and the planet. A one, a two. We have a thousand things to do, but we'd rather chat to you. With emails and meetings and husbands and kids, we don't have time for this. Just what you need to basic bitches with a podcast. We have a jingle. Yeah. We did it. We got our shit together. You didn't want us to do it, but we did it anyway. <laughs> kind of like how this podcast started. No one asked for it. And but here we are. But here we are. I really hope that our dear listener doesn't have an issue with the fact that we've changed the lyrics of one of these days because I know that everyone was very attached to that. Yeah, I just felt it was getting old. You know, the joke was getting stale. Yeah. And you know what? I quite liked. Just what you need, two basic bitches with a podcast. Because it really is the last thing you need, are two basic bitches with a potty. No one needs another couple of mates with a microphone (laughs) putting their opinions in the world. And thank you for all your nice reviews and DMs lately, guys. Yeah, we were really, really overwhelmed by the response to our last episode. If you haven't listened to that episode, we're referring to the one called What Comes After the Before and After Photo. And I have to say, Revzy, I'm so proud of you for being so brave as to put out that photo that demonstrates so clearly your yo-yoing habits over the last, gosh... 20 years and I feel like it resonated and touched so many people. I know a lot of people were DMing me saying they were so moved by it and it really held a mirror up to their own situation. But the big thing for me is that I felt like that episode was full of unexpected takeaways and I've been loving receiving DMs about what a lot of our dear listeners got out of that episode. And I've been reflecting a lot, especially you talking about how you guard Isla from any body image talk. And it reminded me that I need to get back on top of that because I've been a little bit slack. And with raising Rafa and Iggy, I want to be very mindful of language around children. I've briefed my in-laws and my parents in the past about being careful with their choices of words. So for example, I've asked them to minimize the use of words such as beautiful or pretty you look so pretty in that dress and replace them with words like brave strong smart kind just find other things to praise them for exactly apart from how they look apart from how they look (laughs) in fact it shouldn't even be really a conversation how people look I know but it's again we talk about that ingrainment into society I do it myself I find myself saying oh you look so gorgeous in that or whatever it's tricky And not to dive right back into that chat again, because we're going to move on. But there's also this thing that took me ages to get cool with, which is like, I still love clothes and fashion and expressing myself creatively with an outfit, pulling an outfit together. I don't want to take any of that away from my kids either. They really enjoy dressing themselves and things. And that's fun. I don't want to like ban it as a topic. No, but how you express yourself through clothes is so different to to how you look, to your physical attributes. Yes. And those things being described. I think it's just always just checking like is that a value judgment like you look so pretty as if that's the best thing you could ever be that's the it's the association anyway so thank you very much for the support on the last episode thank dear you, listeners everyone. and also i want to jump in quickly and say a big thank you to any of our dear listeners who have kindly left reviews we 
haven't really been asking you to do that and yet you are doing it out of the goodness of your own spontaneous heart and it means so much because it really does help us keep this podcast afloat it helps people find it get to know us join the gang of the extended mothers group we just really like reading them all as well yeah it reminds us that the time taken to make this podcast feels oh so worth it totally i've had so many nice dms this week from people It's so nice to feel like we're not alone in these feelings and that so many people have had them quietly to themselves and never voiced them. That's kind of been the overarching theme of most of the DMs that I've got. It's just made me think about that Brene Brown quote, um, shame cannot survive being spoken. I love that quote. And it's true. Like so many of us think, oh, it's just me. I'm just weak. I just have no willpower or I've, I've even failed at having an eating disorder, but it's all disordered eating. It's all the same thing. We've all been suffering silently and it's just nice to have found this community of people who just get it, understand it, want to push through it, want to change it for the next generation. It's very cool. So happy to be here. Putting the photo up was the scariest thing I've maybe ever done. Something that was going on behind the scenes was Revs was having a lot of, oh, I don't think I can do it. And dear listener, really important that you know that I completely left it up to her decision. I just wanted Revs to feel supported and held. The last thing we ever want to do for our podcast is to ever become clickbaity. Like we're doing something for the sake of garnering more downloads or whatever. And I said to Revs, It is entirely up to you whether or not you want to post it. I completely support your decision no matter what. There is zero pressure from me. But my goodness, the impact that that image has had. It has been our most shared image for sure. And if anyone isn't on our Instagram, I really want to encourage you to come and hang out there with us because it is like a beautiful companion journal to our podcast where things that we talk about in each episode, we're going to find the evidence, like the, <laughs> the photographic matching evidence yeah. so that we can extend the story beyond just the podcast and continue to build our community of shared ideas, philosophies, stories jokes jokes lols lols i just think a picture speaks a thousand words and it's fine to talk about things you know forever i love to chat don't know if you've noticed but um sometimes a photo can just sum things up and i felt like that's what my camera roll looks like it's the best way of getting to the point but when you say that the photos that you shared are merely the tip of the iceberg of your entire camera roll because if i know your (laughs) camera roll your before after before i mean that extent literally 20 years yeah I could have gone with so many other photos I and it doesn't end where it ends in that photo either I feel like I need to say like the final after is not that's not where I am now it just keeps going it's a journey we're evolving hopefully we just evolve to a place where we can all just be happy and neutral about this stuff anyway do you know what I don't have time for what don't you have time for today Rebsy? the length of the school holidays oh sing it summer school holidays in particular we are in what week five i love how you're asking me that (laughs) i don't have school age children my kids are back in daycare i am sweet today is the first day that i have both kids back in daycare and i can't even begin to tell you how hard i am rejoicing i've only had my kids out of daycare for three weeks How many weeks are school holidays? Eight or nine? 
eight or nine weeks. Yeah, Isla doesn't go back to school till February. I do feel like we need to explain why we have eight or nine weeks of school holidays now to our dear UK listeners. Oh yeah, so this is summer in Australia. So this is our big holiday. We don't normally have eight or nine weeks off. And we certainly don't have that in June, July. This is our big holiday of the year because the weather typically is so beautiful and it's Christmas and New Year and all that stuff. So this is our big school holiday period. And this is my first year of having to navigate what I do with her (laughs) this whole time because I certainly don't have eight or nine weeks leave. God, no. We could dream of such things. This is something that people talk about before you have kids and you hear them and you go, oh yeah, that sounds shit. And then you actually get there and you're like, oh my God, how do people do this? So tell me, how are you occupying Isla's time? So I've done a little bit of a mixed bag of family support. Very lucky to have that. So last week, my kids had a whole week at their Janma's house. Janma is grandma, by Gra- the way. Janma's my mum. Her name's Jan. She's called Janma. Um, so clever, so Janma. So they had a week with her. And while they were there, I put Isla in a tennis camp. So they had a whole week at her, sleeping at her place. Oh my God, I did not know myself. I don't get jealous about many things. I am not naturally a jealous person in any way, shape or form until I hear of stories like I have a kid-free week and then I turn into the Hulk. Can we talk about this? You can back me up on this. I have never been a jealous person about anything, right? I don't get jealous over boy stuff, men stuff. I don't get jealous of other women. I don't have career jealousies. I'm so very happy to stick in my own lane. But when I became a parent and I had a non-sleeper and I heard of kids that slept, I could not handle myself. I couldn't even cover it with like socially appropriate faces. I just was so green with jealousy. And all I wanted to do was talk to them. Like, why why do they sleep? How did you do that? Tell me, tell me how you did that. Why doesn't mine? Diagnose me. Fix me. Fix my life. Do you know what? I have to admit, this makes me quietly so relieved that Isla and Rafa are not born in the same year. No, that would have been... I don't know if we'd be friends. Genuinely don't know. I'm not... It could have been friendship ending if you'd had Rafa and I'd had Isla at the same time and Rafa just slept. I know, because Rafa is a unicorn sleeper. Like, even my sleep consultant said you can never use Rafa as a baseline because she is a unicorn child. She just kind of did it on her own. She slept through the night from eight weeks. Okay, you don't tell anyone Okay, don't tell... You don't tell people. Take it back. You, like, someone's going, what? Okay, but just if you need to feel better... Let's hear Revs <laughs> describe Isla's non-sleep for five years. I mean, that's it. She just didn't sleep through the night or really ever for five years. Let's add to that. She dropped her nap before she was two. What? She dropped her nap at 18 months. Oh my God. Rafa's three in April and I am yeah. already dreading. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Again, don't tell anyone <laughs> she's still napping. Or your Instagram story that day where she put herself to bed. Oh my God. Like tucked herself in. Yeah, I know. But then people were DMing me saying, Jem, what's your secret? And I said, no, 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 this is a one-off, which is why it made it on the gram. I'm not like, I'm not declaring that, hey guys, just so you know, this is a thing. Slide into my DMs if you want my technical advice on how to achieve this for your kid. Like, no, it was totally one-off. That kid is a bag of surprises and that's why I shared it. Your defensiveness right now is amazing. You don't make friends with salad. You don't make friends with salad. Remember that? 
<laughs> from yes. The Simpsons. So we had quite a full on birth for Isla. So she was very sleepy for about two days. And when we first brought her home, she did like nine hours overnight. It must have just been one of those accidental one-off things I was like getting my mail from the front of my apartment and I saw my neighbor you had two kids who were like four and six at the time and she's like how's it going are you okay kind of thing and I was like she's just done like a nine hour sleep I you know I think we have a sleeper and she looked at me and held my hand and was like don't say that at mother's group (laughs) and I was like oh okay she's like promise me you won't tell anyone that your newborn slept through the night I'm like okay and I was like why is she so intense about it I was kind of like okay that's weird that must be her shit I'm sorry to interject I'm sitting here hanging my head in shame because I was that fucking idiot (laughs) if any of my manly mothers group mums are listening they will be like you fucking did Jem you were that tool who came in and the the worst thing is I dropped it so casually to the midwife like like I was like it's normal it's normal (gasps) I did I did I said it's normal for an eight week old to sleep eight hours through the night, right? And literally it was like vroom, every head, like 14 mothers with their jaws on the floor, like what? And I felt like they were circling sharks. What? Yeah. How very dare you? I know. We had someone in our mother's group say, is it okay if they never cry? And with the same thing, it was like, bitch, leave, bitch, you need to leave. We don't want to hear about your perfect unicorn baby because you look like you've got it all together and we're about to fall apart quite literally like our vaginas are about to hit the deck and emotionally. So please show yourself out. And back on the topic about how we were talking about how you express yourself through clothes. Yeah. I had 14 women in my mother's group and I remember sitting in the circle and being like, who am I going to gel with based on how they dress their child? No, I kid you not. I was like, if you dress your daughter like a four or five week old kid in a giant sparkly pink frilly fucking headband thing, I was like... I don't know if we can be friends. Uh, do you know what? I did the same thing, but I was listening out for any comments about drinking. <laughs> and my friend Lisa, who I became really tight with, actually, she said something like, and when do we open the wine? And I was like, boom, she's my girl. <laughs> oh, what makes me really sad is that if we hadn't met as 11-year-olds, we might not be friends because you'd be like, oh, Jim doesn't drink. Oh, we would. I'd be like, who is this perfect bitch with her sleeping baby who doesn't drink? I don't want a bar of her. I don't want a bar of her. Thank God I trapped you early. You trapped me early. (laughs) I did. I trapped you. And now you can't not be friends with me even though I'm not a drinker. And I have a perfect sleeping two-year-old. And a life color palette. Okay, hold up. (laughs) It's time for me to expose revs. This is a new segment. Expose revs. I have to expose you because you're throwing all the color shade over my way. But truth be told, you are an art director and you love a curation of colors. I know, but you know what I like more than a curation of colors? What? Heaping shit on you about your curation of colors. (laughs) Fair call, fair call. So I understand that you would be jealous that I had a kid-free week because I highly understand parental jealousy. And I'm going to declare I know I'm really lucky to have family support because when I was overseas and didn't have my parents close by, I really felt what it's like to not have that, hey, can you just come quickly over and help me do this because I've got to do X, Y, Z. You've just got to get a babysitter or ask a friend, which is harder. Uh, Definitely harder. So much harder. Even when you've got a good friend, you don't want to have to 
do it in reverse. I know. I was going to say, you don't want to put someone else out because you then sure as hell owe them one. Yeah, it's not an open invitation to then put me out because yeah. I've got kids too. Bitch, we all busy. <laughs> so we had a week, just us, and we were working back to work, but I got to like wake up without someone poking me in the eye or a foot in my face. And P.S. Who knew? I wake up early now. That's a lie. No, I was like waking up in the sixes on my own. Naturally. What? <laughs> <laughs> I think because my kids weren't waking me up at night and I was going to bed at 10.30 like a normal person. Hold up. You have a six-year-old and a three-year-old and they still wake you in the night? Not every night. We're, we're pretty good now, but someone will wet the bed or someone will have a dream or want a milk or sometimes Teddy takes himself to the toilet, but sometimes he wants a witness. I don't know. <laughs> Good it's grief. A few nights a week I'm up and sometimes they don't even mean to wake me, but I hear a sound and now I'm ruined because if I hear some sound five suburbs over, I'm like, it's the children. <laughs> I wake up. <laughs> so now my sleep is just permanently shot, but I've been waking up all week on my own and just getting up, making a coffee, getting dressed. I've been early everywhere. I've been early to every oh, single appointment. Talk because, dirty to me. Tell me more about this arriving no on time. there's no one clinging to my legs and needing a second breakfast or not liking the third breakfast and needing a fourth breakfast and putting on an outfit and then deciding they don't like that outfit. You just sort yourself out and leave the house? Oh my God, remember that? Oh my God. You know, they say youth is, what do they say? Youth is wasted on the young. This doesn't have the same ring to it, but pre-parent life is wasted on pre-parents. Oh my God, I could not agree more. (laughs) That's not catchy. We can rebrand that. But basically, you don't deserve the life you have if you haven't got kids because you don't appreciate how easy it is just to look after yourself. Dear kid-free listeners, (sighs) just please savor, cherish, relish all of those moments. (laughs) And then after work, come home, didn't have to plan everything, just... On the way home, husband's like, want to get dinner? Remember that? And we like met at a restaurant. It's a bit sexy. And then after dinner walk, after dinner swim, it's been heaven. And what about after dinner delight? All right. I, look, <laughs> you're, you're probing me because I have a sex injury. <laughs> Dear listener, Rev's walked in today and she was like, Gem, I have a sex injury. And she was clutching at her ribs. And all I could think was, what position were you in? <laughs> don't know i don't remember i can't tell if it's like we had a really good time or i'm really unfit it's debatable it's probably both (laughs) (laughs) but anyway jan ma for president i've had the best time without my kids and look i felt very guilty but i was trying to just move beyond the guilt because someone once said to me don't waste time away from children wasting your time worrying about what the children are doing and being away from them you just have to get on with it and aren't we all guilty of that yeah god that mum guilt gets you so hard but these holidays are so long i can't wait till we hit an age with our kids where it's like yeah what well, summer holidays they can roam the streets and meet up with their friends and fill their time and yeah they'll be bored and ready to go back to school but i don't have to map out every single day for them and where they're going to sleep and what they're going to wear while they sleep, what they're going to eat and blah, blah, blah. So anyway, mum's got them. Then my daughter has holiday camp. They run vacation care through the holidays, but I didn't want to send her the entire time. Oh my God. This is all sounding very expensive. All this care. Dude, I've spent so much. Like, so what much are we talking? And I've got family support. The tennis camp was like 250. For how many days? Five school hours, nine till three. School hours are a joke. Big joke. It's not a working day. No, it's not. And I feel so guilty. Stop using the G word. I know, but this is where I get it out, Jim. I remember 3 p.m. felt late when I was at school. Nah. 
I did. It felt like the longest day. Really? Yes, but I was I was at home. Like my mum, my mum was a homemaker and had us full time. So she dropped us at the bell and picked us up at the bell. And I remember that 3 p.m. felt like late, like end of the day. But my kids are lifers. They've been in care since they were nine months old. Yeah, so they've adapted to that life. That's what I tell myself, but I still feel really guilty. <laughs> like they must be like, oh my God, it's midnight. Mum's not here yet. <laughs> Because I really do push it as well to the end of the day. Like if it's six o'clock pickup, he won't see me there before five to six. Oh my God. No, I'm exactly the same. The first time I put Rafa in daycare, her hours were eight till five. And I was like, oh, maybe I'll drop her off after her morning nap. So she would start daycare at 10 and then it would get to three o'clock and I'd be like, oh, I don't want her to be the last to be picked up. I'll go and pick her up at three. That lasted a day. Cut to the next day. It was like 8 a.m. drop off, sometimes 7.58. And I'm just like, yeah, counting down 120 minutes to get to eight o'clock. And now, I mean, I really push it to the 5 p.m. bell. I feel terrible saying this, but especially in the last hours when you're trying to really get those last deadlines in before end of business day, it's it's nearly impossible for me to get there any earlier than one minute to five. Were that family hanging around the gate at 7.58? Like, <laughs> come on, open up, we gotta go. Oh, it takes me back to days when I worked in a pub and those drunkards turning up at like 10.01 a.m. being like, I need my Tui's new pint. And I'm like, far out, calm down. I haven't even opened the doors yet. And they're like, you're one minute late. I bet the educators feel about us, how you felt about those drunks, which is like, oh, here you are again. <laughs> Oh no. <laughs> Don't really want those kids, do you? I had a friend who didn't have kids at the time say around me, not to me or about me, just around me. Oh, well, when I have kids, I don't want to work anymore because I want to raise my kids. <gasps> and I was like, I raise my kids. We raise our kids. We may be full-time working mums, but we are raising those children. Like, yeah. okay, so I may not be caring for them full-time, absolutely, except that, but I am raising them. There like, is a huge difference. Huge difference. For dear listeners who aren't sure what the differences are, and you might be riddled with guilt if someone says that to you, I want to raise my kids. For me, raising a child means laying the foundations of their values, being the reinforcer of their manners being there for them when they need to talk about the hard stuff or having big feelings or in an emotional space absolutely and I have to say Rafa especially and I'm sure Iggy will be the same when he's a little bit older but I feel like she has to learn to contain and manage her feelings while she's at daycare and then she comes home and often explodes in emotions to me you hear it all the time when parents say oh, my kid behaves so differently for other people. And I think, well, yeah, of course they do because those other people are not their safe space. Yeah, Mum and dad is. And that's why they, sometimes you can't help but feel like your kid's being an asshole to you as the parent. But actually, if you reframe your thinking about it, they feel safe to let their feelings out with you. Yeah, they feel safe to explode in their true, raw emotions to mum and dad because that is who they feel safest with. Yeah. So I actually, now take comfort in that rather than being irritated by Raph coming home at the end of the day and being whingy and whiny and emotional now I think well of course you're letting it out now because you had to contain it all and I think there's levels of that like when you find a carer that they really gel with or they make their own little friends and things at daycare I think that's good like then they then they're getting stuff outside the home that is still part of their village and they learn how to be part of a community and their, their role in that and anyway I'm I'm cerebrally I'm like all for it but then it just hits you in the mum gut doesn't it sometimes when you're like oh my god you're gonna raise your kid I don't raise my kid okay 
Yeah, I mean, if someone said that comment around me, I would put it back on myself straight away and go, aren't I raising my kids? And I've been a nanny and had those thoughts of, oh, I'm raising these kids. I wasn't at all raising those kids. I was just doing like the pickup and the drop off and the feeding and the putting the telly on and the bath. That stuff's not raising. That's just caring, I think. I agree. I'm sure it's different in many different situations, but it's a funny little comment to land on me while I was lying on the beach thinking, huh. <laughs> <laughs> Ad break. Got to keep the lights on. DLs, you're not going to want to skip this one as we have one of the biggest discounts we have ever procured for you from this awesome brand. I am extra excited about today's sponsor because DLs. As you will know, this started out as my not spawn. And now it's spawn. How good. Okay, so on your reco, I've started using wild natural deodorant. And then wild came to us and asked if we wanted to try the full range. So obviously we jumped on that. That's right, DLs. Consider us your natural body care crash test dummies. Mm -hmm. So I've been using wild deodorant for nine months now and I love the change. My motivation for stopping using regular store-bought deodorant was the aluminium and parabens. Mm. I mean, we use deodorant every day, so Mm. I want to try and avoid all the harsh chemicals as well. Wild's whole thing is that it's all clean and natural. Did your body adapt straight away? Did it take a minute? Okay, so you do need to give this a couple of weeks, okay? okay? There is an adjustment period like anything natural. So my recommendation to you, Revs, was Mm. definitely to give it a full fortnight and then decide how you like it. Okay. You did, but for me, it's been pretty seamless. I will say I'm not an overly sweaty girl, but I have always used strong deodorant and frankly, it's just time to get off the chemicals. Mm -hmm. Personally, I'm loving the switch. I found it really easy and the dispenser is really gorgeous. The user experience, just great. Have you got a go-to scent? Oh, babe, I'm all about the fresh cotton and sea salt. Mm. I will say they have got this new Rainforest Oasis scent that I'm keen to try. I am using that one and it's dreamy and it comes in the body wash too. And I'm always auditioning body washes. So far, I am loving this one. Repsy, do you love how you can choose your deodorant Mm. case Mm colour and just pop in the recyclable refills? You know, it makes doing the right thing for the environment feel very nice and bougie. Obsessed. Loving the shampoo bars too because I'm always cringing at the waste in the bathroom. Mm -hmm. And of course, all wild products are vegan and cruelty free. So do something for the planet that your future self will thank you for and check out Wild today with 25% off your entire order. Use code NOTIME, all caps, no space, at the checkout. 25% is huge. Yeah, it's actually the highest discount Wild are offering in Australia. Australia and it's exclusively for you DLs. Go to wearewild.com and use code NOTIME at the checkout for 25% off. Enjoy. Actually I've had my very first experience of hiring a nanny just last week and whoa was that a minefield to navigate and I feel really lucky because it was a direct recommendation through a friend and I think the hardest yeah the hardest thing with hiring a nanny for the first time is that trust mm. element for me there's there's this feeling of safety in numbers with a daycare totally. and it feels so official and like it would um, be audited absolutely yeah. and there's a daycare owner and then a manager and you know there's they, a process there's a process in place whereas just hiring an annie to welcome into your home to look after your kid is somewhat terrifying 
But for us, it ended up working really well. We did a nanny share situation with my girlfriend, Eleanor, and her little boy, Banjo, was over here with Iggy. And it was lovely because he had a playmate and a nanny. It was weird for me, though, because I work from home and I actually wanted to get out of her space because I didn't want her to feel like she was being watched. Oh, dude, good call. Because that was the worst part about being a nanny. I had a family once that were just hanging around or she'd send her mum over when I was there. What? Just to keep a watch on you? I guess. That's how it felt. But I was also like, why am I here? if the grandma is here so weird yeah but don't you think as from a parent's perspective you can kind of understand why yeah I, this was a bit of a weird family like not that. not to say that you're not trustworthy <laughs> but if they i took didn't, one look at me <laughs> but if i didn't know you from a bar of soap i'd be like that kate reeves i know you can file it under things you thought you'd do once you had kids before you had them i was always like oh and you go to the hotel and you get the hotel nanny to come up and you go for dinner and like I've never wanted to do that. Sometimes you go away on a holiday places and they have a nanny on staff and you're like, I don't know her. I don't know what her deal is. Why is she just sitting in a hotel waiting to look after kids? That's something sus about that to me. It's so true. I could never be comfy with it. So I just never did it. Just end up sitting in a dark hotel room with a cot in the shower, pretending to have a good time. Speaking of untrustworthy nannies, you've just reminded me of that huge moral dilemma that I faced not that long ago. So I was at our local park with Rafa and Iggy and there was this gorgeous little boy. He, he would have been around three years old, just hanging around the park. You know how kids just gravitate to each other? You can't explain why, but they just became natural friends. And then I noticed that he had a sibling hanging around him who was an 18 month old. And I was there for quite a while and then I realized who's watching these children? Where are the parents? So I went up to him and I said, oh, where's your mummy and daddy? And he said, oh, no, my mummy and daddy aren't here. And I said, oh, well, who's looking after you? And I kid you not, he pointed about 10 metres outside of the park from where we were. And there was a woman lying on the daybed, just sunning herself. And I thought, hang on a second. Like if anything were to happen, like this 18 month old was climbing up and down stairs and stuff. And I thought if anything were to happen to her, that person is nowhere near in the vicinity of being able to catch her. So I thought, oh, that must be the nanny because she looked young. And so I just thought, you know what? I'm going to keep an eye on these kids. But at the same time, I'm just going to keep half an eye on her and see what she does. I am not exaggerating. She was buried deep in her phone for 20 minutes. She didn't even look up once to check on those kids. Now, I'm going to spiral into a bit of a dark scenario here, but, you know, these things happen. But I thought if those kids got taken, she would not have known for 20 minutes. She would not have realized And in a kidnapping situation, I know I'm going to a very extreme situation, but every second is vital. And I just thought, that is... (laughs) If Hollywood has taught us nothing, (laughs) every minute counts. It does. Have you seen 24? (laughs) But I just thought that is so negligible. So I sort of carried that with me and I didn't... Even like a less dramatic example of she could stack it on the play equipment. And we've had a friend whose daughter broke her arm doing that. It happens so easily. So easily from nothing, like just playground horseplay. Yeah. I didn't do anything about it in the moment. I didn't confront her. I didn't feel it was my place. I don't love confrontation. Yeah, and and you don't want to meddle in someone's situation. You don't really know the story. Definitely don't want to be... Something could be going on on that phone. Exactly. Her phone could have been blowing up for a multitude of reasons and she was distracted for that particular day. So I didn't want to get involved, but I couldn't help but leave feeling a little bit 
mm, that felt really irresponsible of that person. I was a real Karen about it, to be honest. I walked away. No, Karen would have gone straight up to her and been like, excuse me, are you watching these children? <laughs> so what did you do? Well, cut to the next day. I happened to have a gathering at my house. Revs, you were there. And I couldn't shake this story about that nanny. So I was like, guys, you wouldn't believe what I witnessed yesterday. And I shared it. And one of our friends was like, hang on, was it a little boy with dark curly hair? And, and then described the little girl. And she said, well, there, was he like three? And she was, and I was like, yeah, like you, it was so. Yeah, we knew something was unfolding. Definitely. And I was like, yes. And she said, oh my gosh, I've also been at the playground at the same time as them and noticed the exact same thing. But plot twist, he's in the same class as my daughter at daycare. So I actually have the contact details of that mum, and I thought about contacting her myself, but I did the same thing as you where I thought, oh, it's probably just a one-off bad day. Don't, don't want to meddle. Don't want to meddle, but as it turns out and the stories collate, she does this on the reg. Oh, dude. And then I was like, this is not acceptable. Yeah. And I, Revs, would you want to know? Yeah, if it was my kids, I would want to know. I, <laughs> I also struggle with confrontations. So it would be tricky, but absolutely I'd want to know. So you wouldn't feel weird if a mum contacted you and said, not over something like that, little things like, oh, I noticed she didn't have a hat on or something like that. I'd be like, fuck off, Fuck bitch. off, mum police. <laughs> yeah, but um, if it was a big thing like that, like I noticed that your children's caregiver didn't look at them for 20 minutes. Yeah, I would worry about that. Well, me and my girlfriend ended up hatching a plan to contact this mother and we did it via Facebook and she basically said to her, look, our kids are together in the same daycare and I just wanted to share something that I observed the other day at the park and then a girlfriend of mine observed the same thing, completely separate stories that we then found had a common thread of your nanny perhaps not looking after your children in the best way that she can. Oh, and I can see why you felt weird because it feels like saying like, hey, we got together and talked about how your I, kids aren't being watched and we don't know where you are. <laughs> I know. I felt really awkward about yeah. it. But at the same but time, you wouldn't have put it that way. We spent a lot of time crafting that message and we thought, no, we need to send it and we'll leave it up to the mum to yeah. decide how to receive the information. Yeah. Sure enough, message was sent, got a reply instantly. And the mum said, I'm just at work, but I'll call you on the way home at around 5.30. So what did she say? Well, curiously, she said, thank you so much oh, for letting me know. Relief. Because I have a very strict no phones policy and a one strike and you're out rule. Wow. Yeah. Because, get this, she had had problems in the past oh, with nannies yeah. hanging out on their phone that she had to implement these really strong rules. And she said, I'm really upfront with the nannies we hire right from the get go. You absolutely cannot be on your phone around the kids. So then I felt a bit better because then I thought, well, that nanny knew the rules. Yeah. <laughs> She's going to bend them yeah. herself. It was almost a bit foolish of her to not think at some point someone would turn up to the playground. Yeah. And she probably no wasn't thinking about it that much, to be honest. Sounds like she was kind of checked out or like just doing the bare minimum, which is annoying when you have to pay so much for a nanny here. No other job would you be able to be like charged like almost 30 bucks an hour and be like, and I'll do what I want. <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, and it's interesting, Rebsy, because you said that you were a nanny yourself, but yeah. you were a nanny during a time when smartphones weren't a thing. They so do you, do you think that makes a big difference in terms of that temptation to reach and just get lost in your phone? Yeah, I always had like a magazine in my bag. And actually, I nannied for one family where the mum had the best magazine collection. I'd be like, oh, great, I'll get through three of those today. So I definitely wasn't like guiltless. I, no, and I definitely wasn't an early childhood person where I felt like I was crafting their day. Like I felt like it's my job to make sure these kids are fed, clean, looked after, safe, not climbing the walls and usually get them to activities or whatever. But I never thought, well, it's my job to sort of like educate them. Educate them. <laughs> <laughs> but I know there's different types of nannies that you can get. Oh man, what a relief that you reached out to her then. Yeah, and I felt good. I felt like we were good citizens. You know, look out for thy neighbor yeah. or whatever. Like us mums need to just band together and support each other as a collective. Yeah, just like the extended mother's group in action. And you don't have to just be the good mum to be that parent. I would argue that wallet yeah. mums. You're a terrible uh, mum and you just <laughs> <laughs> And you called out the bad nanny. <laughs> just because I'm a wallet mum, can I just say someone DM'd me today and said, wallet mum, I'm a straight up iPhone mum. I've got Apple Pay on my phone. So <laughs> I literally walk out with just my phone. The nothing mum. <laughs> the nothing mum. Oh, oh that's going to be me. I am such a wallet mum and my husband is the good mum. He is far better of mum than me. Is he? Oh my God, yes. He has a full-on bag packed with all the things that are needed and like spare undies and spare socks and all the things I would never think of. And I'm just like, keys, wallet, out the door. Oh my God, so you're Bluey's dad. Yeah, I'm Bluey's dad at the pool. (laughs) You forget the sunscreen. Oh, he's got like two tubes of sunscreen in that bag. He's got face sunscreen, body sunscreen, (laughs) sensitive sunscreen for Teddy who's got eczema. Like he's all over it. And I'm just like, oh, what? Where are we? (laughs) In fact, I wonder if people have ever looked at me on my phone at the park and being like I should tell the real mum about what this nanny's doing looking after those kids (laughs) but when I was working full-time and he had the kids full-time for a period in our lives he used to call me when he thought he'd done the wrong thing to start with as like being guilty like the first time Isla fell out of the pram when she was like 11 months old and he couldn't handle it and he called me at work and he's like Isla just fell out of the pram I was like okay is she did she cry straight away did you check it he's like yeah yeah she's fine I just couldn't have that on myself I had to share the guilt and I was like well first of all I'm not guilty for that you're the one to let her fall out of the pram that was on your watch dad (laughs) so even though he packs a really good bag he still defers to me and rings me for all the big decisions like when he called me to switch swimming classes have I told you this no oh my god so I was at work and I, it, he calls and I answered I'm like hey babe and he's like we can never go back to swimming I'm like okay are you running he's like hang on hang on hang on and I hear like the car door slam and the car like accept the phone and everything happened I'm hearing this crying kid in the back I'm like what has happened he's like we can never go back to swimming start looking for another swimming club and I'm like what, what has happened and it, this is when he used to take Teddy to swimming class when he was really little. And it's when you have to get in the pool. And, you know, you do like the oh. glorified story time by the water where it's yeah. like, tick tock, tick tock. I'm a little cuckoo clock. Woo! And yeah, you splash yeah. them with water or whatever. Don't and we all look forward to the day when we get to be out of the pool? <laughs> oh, I feel like it's a really big deal when you graduate from when you have to be in the classes to when you can sit on the sideline um, and scroll your phone. It just happened to us recently. <gasps> Rafa's just gone from tadpoles to 
starfish or something. I can't remember the name, but it means that neither me or hubs need to get into our swimming costumes and get in a lesson with her. Hallelujah. Yeah. It's kind of so cruel that all these postpartum mums have to get in cozies and like wax their bikini lines to just take the kid in the pool just to go, Humpty Dumpty sat on the wall. Go! Like, <laughs> so annoying. Anyway, so he's in the pool doing that and he's doing the one where they go, now the time is one o'clock and you lift them out of the water and as he pulls Teddy out of the water, this like violent diarrhea shoots up out of his swim nappy up his back. Oh no! And it wasn't, oh, he's doing a poo face. He's doing a poo. We better get out of the pool. He did this really explosive, huge poo in the full view of all the other parents and kids and teachers oh my God. and he just like looked around to sort of see did anyone see that and everyone's looking at him with horror holding their kids in the water while this poo starts to float on the surface of the water around them and he goes oh oh and starts to get out of the pool and the teacher blows a whistle and yells code brown oh my god i would Die! And, and your husband, he is oh my Mr. God. Like, I want to smoke bomb out of this situation. No one draw attention oh to my me. God. This is his worst nightmare. Like, he can't spill a drink in a pub without turning beetroot red. He was so nervous to have a wedding because everyone would be looking at him. This is his nightmare. <laughs> so he's trying to get to the stairs. He said it felt like five minutes that it took to get from the middle of the pool to the stairs and he's rushing out of the pool and all the kids start crying and all the parents on the sidelines are like hang on but but question did he not put the swim nappy on right yes he he's the a, good mum. he had the swim nappy on then we have this rewashable swimming costume that's also can be worn as a swim nappy it's just some punamis cannot be tamed <laughs> and this one just happened to come out on his watch in full view of other people in a pool in a pool so he's like oh. he's like trying to get out of there as fast as he can but you know you can't run around a pool and they can <laughs> no, you, you have to do twinkle toes you have to be like i'm not gonna slip and also he didn't want to slip and like stack it oh, i mean that would just send him to his grave if that happened to him so he's like clutching this wet kid who's screaming by this point because he's like why are we leaving the pool dripping diarrhea down his arm down no. his leg everyone was giving him the stink eye they're like code brown and then this announcement comes over the PA system in the pool it's like uh, ladies and gentlemen apologies all lessons for today are cancelled oh, no. so all the parents of kids oh. who are all like in their cozies waiting to go in for the next oh. session are like oh, 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 oh. I, oh. <laughs> I can just hear the collective groaning so he finally gets down the wet stairs and he's like I need to get this kid changed and this poo sorted and he's like oh, I've just got to get out of here so he just grabs a towel Flings it at Teddy, wraps him up like a burrito, puts the bag over his shoulder. He's soaking wet, still in his cozy, and like runs out the three baby gates it takes to get out of the place. (laughs) And he's just legging it through the car park. And he's like, I couldn't have that moment on my own. So he just calls me and he's like, we can never go back to swimming. Oh my God. And he just chucks this pooey burrito of a kid in the boot to change his nappy and stuff. And we literally have never been back. So I have to get on the phone and find another place at another swim centre. Oh, no, but I don't blame him. I feel the same about Wizzy World. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Dear listener, I promise Gem and I aren't just going around the beaches letting our kids (laughs) defecate on every surface. (laughs) We're going to get a name for ourselves. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. That seems like the perfect segue into our hashtag not sponsored. Oh, yes. 
So my hashtag not sponsored for this week has to go to another small business. This is run by... You're doing the good people's work, Jen. I am. Look, I love a small business. I'm a small (laughs) business owner myself. I have to support the little guys. But this is owned by a lovely couple, Dee and Chris. It's a removable wallpaper, removable decal business called Stuck on Ivy. Rafa's room has a beautiful cactus garden mural... And in Iggy's room, we've just added a gorgeous Sunset Palms mural. And I'm just so obsessed with this company. Look, maybe I've fallen in love with the couple themselves because they are just sweet as honey, the pair of them. So I can't help but want to support them. So if you are looking for beautiful wall decals or murals, go and check out Stuck on Ivy. They did give me a discount code ages ago when I first did the mural in Rafa's room. It was peanut15. Once again, I apologize that using codes with me is like playing a game of Russian roulette where it's like, is it going to work? Isn't it? Is it? Isn't it? And I'm I'm sorry that I'm offering no consistency, but do give it a whirl because I do think it's still active if you're interested in it. It is perfect for rentals. It does not ruin your walls. So if you're feeling a bit uninspired by the space, you're in these murals aren't just exclusive for bedrooms either people have used them in their living rooms or in their dining rooms or in the master bedroom as a bedhead feature their pieces are amazing and they just peel off they just peel off and they just stick on and i think what i love about them as well is that the husband in the duo has hand watercolour painted all of them himself. Yeah, so they are completely unique designs. They're not like images they found on the internet and then turned into a wallpaper business. Every single design is done in-house by the dad. That's awesome. And he's got two gorgeous little girls and the way he talks about them, it just melts my heart. So I'm crushing on this couple hard, stuck on Ivy. Go and send some support their way. Nice. My hashtag not sponsored is supporting no one but a big company. Once again, hitting the Goliath businesses. (gasps) But, you know, I like to put shit on my face. Yes. Make myself feel fancy. I have a serum. I love a serum, Reco. Although I am am loyal to one particular brand of serum. I know you are, but I have tried lots. And this one's really good and it's not expensive. Oh, good. So it's The Ordinary, The Buffet. But hang on, were you just gifted this? No, I wasn't. Oh, you bought it? I bought this with my own money. Ooh, okay. Let's yep. hear more, girl. I love The Ordinary because it's basically the gist of the company is it's all the actives of a product with none of the filler stuff, like none of the fragrances or the velvety finish. So it feels a little bit clinical putting it on. But it's a What s- does that mean, clinical? Like it know. feels like you're putting clag on your face. Oh, sexy. <laughs> it, doesn't, it doesn't feel like, mm, I'm doing some self-care, which some of the serums can because they're like velvety or smell like roses. But no, it smells like a science experiment but I don't care because I'm not for botanicals or plants or things I want science in my pores making me look 12 and this is the difference between you and me because I I am like I love a plant power (laughs) yes you love the plant power (laughs) you're a hippie child from way back it's true me I like science okay so it's got um okay what's it got in here wait let me guess let me guess (laughs) It's got hyaluronic acid. Oh, fuck you. (laughs) Hyaluronic acid shade. Well, I'm sorry, but (laughs) it's the word on every single beauty blogger's lips at the moment. It's like hyaluronic, hyaluronic. Who even are you if you're not using serums with hyaluronic acid? Like, does anyone actually know what it is? Because people. It's an acid that's hyaluronic and it makes you look plump. (laughs) 
plump and juicy. Okay? It gives it's, you a glow. It's, it's snake oil. Stuff. Okay, look. Let's be honest. It's snake oil. It's not snake oil. Okay, this has hyaluronic acid in it. It's also got peptides. It's Look, it's good. It's really good when you, like, don't have a specific thing that you're working on, but you just want to be brighter and happy. Look, it works. Okay, and I put it under my moisturizer and I really like it. <laughs> we all need a starter serum. Sometimes you just don't know what your skin needs. Sometimes you need to be told by a big multinational company. I'm covered in shame. <laughs> Should we cue the outro? One of these days we'll have an outro to... Sorry. One of these days we'll have an outro to our podcast.